What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. I'm Evan Grant, and he's... I'm Barry Horn. Who's there an echo in here? See... If you want me to bring us in, then I have to bring us in. Well, you're so different than Kevin. Kevin always lets me speak. I don't let you speak. Kevin's not even here. Yes. No Kevin Sherrington today on the Ballsy Rangers podcast, or for that matter, any other podcast. Uh, It's just me and Barry. Uh, And again, I'm Evan Grant, and he's Barry Horn. And welcome into the Rangers version of the Ballsy podcast. And Barry, do you have any questions for me? Yeah. My question that's burning in me is where's Willie Calhoun (laughs) um well the Rangers as of uh going into the week we're technically still alive uh as we speak here the elimination number is one so any loss by them or win by Minnesota would eliminate the Rangers and I believe the Rangers overreacted when they called up Willie Calhoun to be perfectly honest with you well how Um, do you mean I don't understand I, I think that they thought Adrian Beltre was going to be a longer period of time away from from being able to DH. Um, and much like much like me, they maybe underestimated Adrian Beltre's recovering abilities. And so they thought that without Mike Napoli, without Adrian Beltre, they'd need somebody to play third base, somebody to play first base, and that Sinshu Chu would remain the DH. And so there would be outfield playing time for Willie Calhoun. Well, Beltre's come back. He's DH. It's forced Chu into the outfield. And as long as they have remained in contention for a wild card spot, they've opted to go with an outfield that basically was Delano DeShields, uh, Carlos Gomez, once he came back from his, ham- from his uh, ankle injury, and Chu. I-, I think you will see... Uh, hopefully over the last four or five days of the season that Willie Calhoun will play every day. I, I hope that's what you'll see. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about next year. I, I are you, First of all, are you glad the season's over? Are you happy the season's over um, from a personal standpoint? I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not, I, I do what the job asks. If, if they had gone to the playoffs, that's, that's great. People would have been, would have been happy that they, that they're in the tournament. Uh, but I, I just feel like this was a flawed club all the way around. And, uh, that that it, it's hard to sit here and say this is a legitimate contending team when basically they've played 500 all year. What's the best way to deflaw, I like that word, deflaw this team, to, to make this a team in 2018 that can compete? Well, I th- and seriously compete. I, yeah, I think that all the attention's got to be paid to to pitching, uh, as we both know that 
the bullpen coming out of the, the gate this season completely pancaked and and I think that's what put the Rangers in a big hole. Actually, it, it is what put the Rangers in a big hole. But the bullpen has performed a little bit better in the second half. Uh, certainly there hasn't been anything wrong with Alex Claudio in the closer's role in that regard. I don't consider him a long-term closer. But what I do think has been exposed as more of a flaw is this team's home run reliance on offense. And that's something that's going to have to be fixed internally because they're not going to have the ability. First of all, all their prospects that are young and major league ready are position players. Secondly, they're going to have to dedicate money to the starting rotation and very possibly the back end of the bullpen this offseason, which isn't going to leave the Rangers any wiggle room to go out and get additional bats. So that's something they're going to have to fix internally. Which brings me back to Willie Calhoun. Uh, where does he? Fit, where do you see him fitting in in 2018? I, I think right now you're looking at an outfield in 2018 that's going to be Willie Calhoun in left, Delano De Shields in center, and uh, no more Mazar in right field. Uh, the only question I'd have is that's not a great defensive outfield. No. Um, I think that De Shields has done everything in the second half to say, "I'm here. I belong." I'm a I'm a contributor on a regular basis. I think his game has matured in a lot of ways. Uh, you traded for Willie Calhoun. Everybody believes he's capable of being a major league hitter right now. Um, there's no doubt. No more Mazar is a major league hitter. But uh, I, I think this team's outfield defense, if this is how they go, is going to be suspect and is going to be in the lower half of the league uh, all year. Take me around the infield. Well, I think the infield is is pretty much set. You're going to have Gallo at first. You'll have Odor at second, Andrus at short. And unless you make a decision that this team is more than a year, is not going to be competitive in 2018, then Adrian Beltre is your third baseman. If you think you aren't going to be competitive, then I think you owe it to Beltre to offer him the opportunity to potentially trade him somewhere and get a jump start on your rebuilding. What do you think that conversation, there, there will be a conversation, between management and Beltre, correct? Yes. What do you think the con- con- how will the conversation go? Well, I, I my guess is that management's going to say to him, "We th- we're going to try and compete for 2018. We're going to try and sign Otani. Uh, we may make another bid at Darvish, but we're going to try and compete uh, as best we can." If they say, "But if we don't get Otani," Or if we don't get Darvish, we're going to decide that we're going to go with young pitchers and we're probably going to take a beating. Would you be willing to to take a trade? Now, that doesn't happen, I don't think, until later in the offseason, December or January possibly. But I think that that's, uh, that's how they have that conversation with them. And what will Adrian's response be, what do you think, if, if they say we're going young, we're going with youth? I think his response would be, I think his response to them would be, I would like an opportunity to win. Uh, this is why he went to the World Baseball Classic this year, um, even though he was dealing with some after effects of a quad uh, of a calf injury, because winning is what he plays for. The guy is is in his twentieth year in the big leagues right now. Um, never won a World Series. Has been to one World Series, and and he wants one more chance to win. And I think what we've seen again with this guy, the way he's come back 
from this hamstring injury and on which he should not be what, playing. What? Why is he? Why is he? What is he thinking? What is he? Is that just second nature to him? Yeah. Is that first I mean, nature to him? He I, I, he wants. He's a, he would have been a heck of a boxer. He would not know when to quit in the ring. He's um. Uh, what's amazing to me is. You know, he came out and he looked awful for three days after he came back from the hamstring injury. Couldn't swing. And and I, and I talked to him in Anaheim and I asked him, I said, um, are you going to be able to, to, to do this? And and he said, you know, it takes me three, the swing isn't where I want it, but it takes me about three or four days to figure out what I need to do with my body to to get to a place where I feel like I can I can be competitive. And after three starts or four starts, at third at, at DH and and not looking very good, he's been a three hundred a, a well above three hundred hitter for the last week. So he knows his body, he knows his swing, he knows what he has to do to compete. You go back to fifteen when he played without basically a thumb ligament for the second half of the season. He found a way to to get out there and do what he needed to do. Um, the back injury he suffered in two thousand fifteen in the in the division series. There's no way he should have come back and, and, and been able to play on that, and he did. So, uh, I, this guy is, and and I think this is, this is why to a team that says, "Hey, we're one player, we're we're a third baseman away from being a world championship team," why he'd have legitimate value even as a one year guy at thirty, going going to be thirty eight nine years old next year, and. Um, coming off the number of injuries, a guy who has got to be basically taped up the whole the whole right. time. Right, uh, but I still think he'd uh, where, have where, tremendous where, value. Where would that be? What, what I, would that at this point in time, I don't know. You know, uh, Boston would have been a good fit if the Rangers had tried to trade him uh, this off this, during the the um, uh, trade deadline period. But the Red Sox have a good prospect at third base. Um, I don't know what the right fit would be for him right now. Uh, just kind of looking through through clubs, uh, I, I don't I don't have a good fit for I don't have a good feel for that right this a moment. chance a chance he could start the next season with the Rangers and then sure depending how things fall out sure then he could be headed to Boston or that, he could be that's headed that's to... very possible yeah I, I mean I I think that's entirely possible. But the Rangers come to him and say, "Look, we think we've got a chance to compete, and if we if we can't, then then in July we'll we'll deal you to a place where you can go and 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 hopefully win a championship before you retire." So is Gomez gone? I I, I think the Rangers have been very happy with what Carlos Gomez has brought to the table. But I think at this point, you know, that's eleven million dollars that you spent last this past year on him. He's probably going to want more than a one year contract. 32-year-old center fielders aren't a great buy on the free agent market on multi-year deals. And if you're going to play to Shields and you're going to play Calhoun, you've got to find spots for him in the outfield. And, and so I think that you, you say, look, with all the issues we've got on the pitching side, with everything that we need to do to improve the starting rotation and, and the closer situation – Need every available dollar, and if you can, if you can marshal up an extra eleven million dollars there, that's not chump change. You ready to talk about the most frustrating player on the team? The you know who I'm going to get to here, don't you? I imagine you're going to talk about the second base. That's correct. I I think the most significant thing that's going to take place over the final week of the season is that we're going to look back and say Rugnet Odor walked three times on Monday night. Um, <laughs> Career high for him. Did you he, watch the game Monday night? I watched a little bit of it. I was I, I switched over to the Cowboys after after I watched the Cowboys for the national anthem, and then I uh, 
watched a few minutes of the Cowboys, switched over to the Rangers. Then Rangers gave up an eight-run inning, and then I switched back to the Cowboys. Um, uh, he walked twice on Saturday, walked three times on Monday. And I think that if nothing else, at least the way to look at this right now is maybe he has finally come to the realization that this is about 2018 and I've got to get a better feel on what are my hittable pitches. And if I don't see a hittable pitch, I'm going to leave it alone. And I I talked with Jeff Manster about this last week, just about what do you talk to Odor about? What do you tell him for next year? And and, and his message was: Is, it, is there excuse me, Is there an exit interview? Do they, do they will they sit down? They and started ask? exit interviews. Yeah, yeah. The, the, John Daniels was on a trip in Seattle, and so for three days they met with several players. Um, and, and that process continues now. I mean, they've obviously had some extenuating circumstances with Jeff Bannister having to take two days away from the team. Um, <clears throat> but I, I I do think that with Odor. Uh, the way Bannister put it is you don't talk so much about what you don't do well. You talk to him about, look, this is where your hot zone is. This is where you crush balls. If you don't see a ball out of the pitcher's hand in that zone, you have to realize, okay, that's not my pitch. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go after that pitch. I'm going to look for pitches I know I can hit. Identify what you do well and stay on that. And if he does that... I don't ever expect the guy's going to be a 100-walk guy. I don't know that the guy's ever going to be a 50-walk guy. But if he forces pitchers to pitch to him a little bit more in his controllable zones, he becomes both a better hitter and controls the strike zone a little bit more and also starts to take a few more walks. And he's got to up the on-base percentage. He's got to up the batting average from where it will end up this year. What about behind the plate? Uh, Torinos will be the starter next year. Uh, I think the biggest question is whether the Rangers will go with Brett Nicholas back there. I kind of like the look of Brett Nicholas back there as a backup because he's left-handed and he does have some power. Um, I don't know how they feel about the possibility of, say, starting him for 50 or 60 games. You know, I think if you had if you had what you considered a, a – really durable frontline catcher, one of the top-tier type guys, uh, and you had a guy that you were going to start for 120 or so games, you might feel like you could get by with Nicholas for 40. But with Chirinos and given, you know, this is a guy who's had a history with concussions, he gets hit a lot, and he's gotten hit on his wrist a lot, and that does cause some issues for him, gets beat up behind the plate pretty good. If he's only capable of starting, say, 90 to 100 games, do you feel comfortable with Nicholas for, for 60 or 70 games? You mentioned uh, – you, you, I know you try to slip this by me, but I, I'm not going to let it pass. You mentioned you, Darvish, the possibility of, of his coming back. There, there's no possibility, really. I don't think he is. I do think that uh, he hasn't dominated in the National League the way I think that, that some people thought he might once he went over there. And if the Dodgers decide not to bring him back, and if the Rangers don't land Otani, I think that uh, certainly they'll at least have a conversation with Darvish. Um, this is a guy who pitched here, pitched well here, and and if um, if he if his price if his asking price does come down a little bit, uh, and the Rangers don't get the younger, supposedly better version of him, I, I think there's a possibility that they would at least 
entertain that conversation. I'm just looking at an email from our my, our boss, my boss, not your boss, because you don't have a boss here. Yeah, I do. He, he's he's interested in the ratings from last night's Cowboys game, which I don't think I have yet. Um, I'm sorry, my uh, I lost I lost concentration here. So, who's going to be? The, what are they going to do about a closer? It's a good question. There's, Thank you. There's not a a great free agent group out there. Here, you know, I saw somebody somebody wrote this the other day that they had once talked to um, a baseball executive who said the best way to fix an ineffective bullpen for the next year is to bring back that exact same bullpen because they're because so fickle. And from one year to the next, you have no idea what you're going to get. And trying to fix this year's problems may just lead you into next year's problems. I, I, there's certainly arms out there. Bush and Kella have big arms. Claudio has turned himself into a very valuable guy. Diekman is going to be healthy again next year um, and is a very valuable left-handed pitcher. Uh, that's four guys right there. You've got a potential to pick up a $4 million option on Tony Barnett or maybe go to him and say, listen, let's give you a, a two-year deal uh, at, say, $5 million. It's a little bit more... Uh, club friendly and um, uh, helpful. Um, I don't know that you've gotten from the guys like Nick Gardewine and Ricardo Rodriguez, they've gotten some some valuable experiences here, but I don't know that you've gotten anything that says, okay, these guys are going to be ready to help you next year. Um, they're going to have to go out and find some other arms. And whether that's via trade or free agency, I, I don't have I don't have a feel for what direction they go here. It's gonna be, it's gonna be from the disposable heap though again, right? Uh, whoever they bring in, they're not bringing in a proven closer. I don't it, think there's one available on the market. You know, I, I I just don't think that guy exists right now. And and their best again, still their best trade piece is probably Jurics and Profar. What does he get you at this point? Um, at this point, it's another wasted season for for Jerks and Profar. We've just yeah, he gets you. Out. What he gets you is uh, either a guy that's got some warts on him, but has high upside, or does he really? Does he get you a guy with high upside? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, because he's still got high upside, and and a team would control him for three years. And he could go in and be a starting shortstop right away. I, I think the Cincinnati Reds will have legitimate interest in him. They certainly have an attractive reliever. Um, I don't know that, that Profar would flat out get them. Uh, I forget how to pr- pronounce his first name. I believe it's Rysel, Rysel Iglesias. Um, he's closed for them this year. He's right-hander? He's right-handed. Cuban kid. Um, but I just don't know that Profar alone would get that, and I don't know if the Rangers have a good matchup there for that. But there's there's guys out there that he would potentially bring you some upside. How to explain that? I I don't I, I can't exactly tell you right now. Evan, I just want to take a little break here now. I know that you're you're running the show, but I want to take a break here because we have to 
do a cowboy podcast with somebody, with somebody who's at the airport, and I want to catch him before he gets on the plane. That's fine. That's this is Daryl Johnston. That's fine. I believe we've. Um, Are we done? I believe we have covered the Rangers' issues this year and started on next year, and we'll. Uh, you you filled in very well for Kevin in the on the questioning part. He sent me questions. Did he really? No. Okay. Because so he's all about himself. If he's not here, he doesn't care about the podcast. All right. Well, let's get the let's get the moose because I've got a lot of questions for him. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's. Hopefully, he's found a quiet spot at LaGuardia Airport. Uh, there are no quiet spots. But we will talk to you next week to wrap up the 2017 season on the Rangers podcast. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.